0: To me, food is the central um, part of the larger story, but it's not the story itself. I mean, I, I, I do food beauty shots. Beauty shots I, do, um, I do cookbooks. I do all that stuff. But, like, you know, food is about people. Food is about community. It's about culture. It's history. Um, and so, you know, I am telling that whole story as much as I can.
1: What's going on, y'all? You have just tuned in to the Black Shutter podcast. On this show, I invite black photographers, filmmakers, editors, and creative business folks to discuss their experiences and share their wisdom. You will hear about their work, their challenges, and their inspirations. My name is Idris Talib Solomon, a creative director, photographer, and filmmaker based in Brooklyn, New York. So if you dig photography, and you love the culture, keep your mind open, and your headphones locked. This is the Black Shutter Podcast. Food is the essential component to many families, especially Black families, because there is so much history in our food. The kitchen is oftentimes the center of the household, and the meals and recipes can carry more than a century's worth of stories. Sometimes, We forget that our meals are rooted in traditions. From the ingredients to the process of preparing the meals, there is a rich history of survival and adaptability. Our guest in this episode considers himself a documentarian who focuses on the culture of food, the history, the chefs, the process, the meal itself and the culture that brings all of these elements together. His culinary adventures have taken him on road trips to Argentina and South Louisiana. They have found him hanging off the back of food trucks from Paris to the Bronx. In 2019, he co-founded Black Food Folks, a platform for professionals working in food and food media. When he's not photographing cookbooks, his client list includes the New York Times, Food & Wine, the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, and the James Beard Foundation. Clay Williams, welcome to the Black Shutter Podcast. How you feeling out there, bro?
0: I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Aside from this cold that everybody's passing around, man. I'm 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 doing well.
0: Well, that's good. That's good. Indeed, I've, uh, I've avoided it, so I'm uh, I'm hoping to say that
1: one. for sure, man. I mean, in New York, whenever something's passed around, man, it it passes around fast. So right, that's true. Good luck dodging that. Thanks.
0: I've been on the road a little bit, so maybe that's why I've been able to uh, to keep it up okay,
1: but we'll see. Nice. I did see that you were on the road. Um, were you in Kentucky?
0: Yeah. I um, photographed a sort of gathering of chefs um, and a tour of the Woodford Reserve um, uh, sort of distillery in, um, in and around Louisville, Kentucky um, last week. Um, and that was... That was cool. It was interesting. Uh, it was a uh, connection to the James Beard Foundation, which is a longtime client of mine, mm. uh, and they have a program called the um, Legacy Network, um, where chefs and professionals in food um, uh, are paired up at, for mentorship, mm. uh, and you know, and that's it's about about passing on information, about having, you know, building community, about connections. And it's a lot of the stuff that I personally am very interested in. And, um, I think, I think everybody in the class, uh, in the, this cohort was, uh, uh, were people of color. And so it was very, it was very cool to be there in that space and, and seeing sort of knowledge, uh, being passed and to be able to be a part of all that was very cool.
1: Amazing, man. Amazing. So, you know, I, I'm I'm sure some folks may be wondering like why why you're mentioning all, all these all these food references, right? But um, you are the first, I believe you're the first food photographer on the show, so um, that's, yeah, as far as, yeah. Uh,
0: but although I I will say that like I'm always back and forth on the title, um, food photographer because like like I was at a. Um, I was at the Missouri photo workshop last year and you know, it's a big photojournalist crowd. And you know, when I was introduced as a food photographer, like everyone thought that that means that all I do is like take pictures of food. And it was very confusing for everybody in the middle of this like big photojournalism space. Mm-hmm. Um, um, thinking that like, well, what am I doing there? Right. Mm-hmm. And to me, food is the central um, part of the larger story, but it's not the story itself. I mean, I, I, I do food beauty shots, beauty shots. I do, um, I do cookbooks. I do all that stuff, but like, you know, food is about people. Food is about community. It's about culture. It's history. Um, and so, you know, I am telling that whole story as much as I can. I'm not, you know, um, you know, I'm not like a. I've worked in. I do work in studios from time to time, but most of my stuff is on location. Um, it's out and about, and it's it's about it's about people and process, and um and you know we all come together around food, um, and and so you know it's a it's an interesting thing for me because I'm always like i don't want to be that guy who's like oh well i'm not really that but like there is more to it than that like i when i had a conversation with somebody one-on-one you know about it they're like oh so you do food journalism photojournalism around food and i was like yeah sort of um you know i think of myself a little bit more of a documentary uh, photographer but like um not not strictly photojournalism but um but, you know, that's a to me, it's, it's about so much more than just, like, what's on the plate.
1: Um, you know, and I get that, right? I see it. And it's funny because uh, last week I did a portfolio review with this organization <laughs> called Free Juice. And it basically it's like a mentorship program for young photographers of color to be, like, mentored by, you know, um, working photographers. And we, we drop game on them and, you know, help them figure out the next steps in their career and it's one woman she was uh, you know quote unquote food photographer but then she also know. had she also had like travel photos and stuff like that And but one thing I told her was you know her work she's, she has a real love and passion for food yeah. but her travel photos didn't have anything food related and I said one way that you can tie together your love and passion for food is to yes one you know uh, photograph beautiful plated dishes, right? That's one way. But then, do it through your travels. Photo, you know, focus your travel photography around food as well. And this way, you start to create like a theme. Based, your whole portfolio is centered around food. And interestingly enough, like I sent her your website as an example of what it looks like to focus your theme around food, whether it's. Um, the food itself or the chefs or even you even go further and make portraits of the chefs so everything around it so when I say food photographer I'm looking at it holistically and and, and that's exactly how you display your work holistically
0: yeah Yeah, for sure that's that's exactly what I do I appreciate that and you know if they um, you know if they ever want to get in touch you can can give them my information I'm always up for uh, connecting with people and talking to folks about, you know, about the industry or this part of the industry and all of that. Um, when I was starting out, I was really lucky um, to, to know a couple, to meet a couple of photographers early on who um, were always willing to, you know, to meet up for a beer or to get some folks together and look at work to answer questions um, and so I've always felt like it's super important for me. Um, you know, the industry can be super opaque. It could be really hard to understand like how things work. And so, um, I could never have done it without having, um, having those folks around. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I always want to be able to be there for, for other photographers.
1: Okay. Beautiful, man. I'll, I'll, I'll pass that info on to her so that she can reach out if she's interested, you know. Um, But, you know, um, so you mentioned you just did a bit of traveling. You were in Kentucky at, it sounds like, an amazing event around at at the Woodford Reserve. I'm a fan of Woodford myself, so, uh, you know, um, that sounds like a a great... You brought some bottles back? Uh,
0: I brought brought one bottle back, for sure. It's uh, the double oak. I'm excited to get into it.
1: Oh man, that's that's a nice one. That's a nice one, man. Yeah. Um, I hope you enjoy that one. But um, you know, doing some traveling throughout Kentucky. Um, but where are you from? Where are you based?
0: I'm. Um, I live in Sunset Park in South Brooklyn these days. Mm-hmm. I still think of it as being new, but uh, I think I'm two, three months away from having been here for uh, nine years. Okay. Uh, But, you know, I, I grew up in Bed-Stuy and so Bed-Stuy is always like, you know, I think about, I think about home in my sort of formative years. I lived there for uh, nearly 30 years. I, you know, I, I, I moved there when I was like nine years old and, um, and that's where I lived like, you know, in high school through, you know, through high school, through college. Um. You know, and where I lived for, it's like where, you know, where I lived when I met my wife, when we started dating, where we lived together for a long time. And so, um, you know, I know it's different now than it used to be, but uh, but I still think of myself as being from
1: Bed-Stuy. Yo, you said it, you set it up in a way where you made it sound like you were going to say you were from like Oklahoma or something. And now, <laughs> yeah, but, but in, in Brooklyn standards, Bed-Stuy and Sunset Park are two completely different worlds. So I yeah, for it. real. It's two completely different worlds, man. So, um, yeah. but you said you moved to Best Side when you were nine. Where did where, you move from?
0: I was in Hollis, Queens before that. My, oh, my, so my mom
1: you're a native New Yorker throughout? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, my, okay. my husband and I are both uh, born and raised New Yorkers.
1: There it is. All right, cool. So you're a New Yorker. All right. Um, that's, that's, that's great to know, because um, not a lot of us are still here, you know? Yeah. Sure. So I'm interested, right? It's I am always interested in people who who have, you know, outside passion that they mix with photography, you know. Right. Um, but where did your love of food come from? Uh,
0: so I mean you know, uh one of my first regular like photo and writing beats. Um, back in the day, back in my like previous life, I worked in the corporate world and all that. Uh, but I I, I started, um, I guess like I don't know how many years ago now. I was a regular contributor for this website called Midtown Lunch, um, which is just that. It was all about like you know midtowns. Like it's awful if you're trying to find a good place to eat for cheap, right, mm-hmm. so um you know, it was basically me and a bunch of other office workers like looking for you know where you could go that wasn't like some you know some chain or like whatever, and um the guy who launched the site, this guy Zach um you know his his whole bio always his bio always started with fat guy likes to eat um, <laughs> <laughs> and so you know I was selling that from time to time i'm i'm a i'm a big deer and uh you know i have a love for food i grew up with it um you know uh as a kid i i grew up in my uh you know i was in my grandmother's kitchen um quote unquote helping which usually meant like you know licking the, the licking the face spoon <laughs> ever um yeah and so like you know, there was always that was always the part of the life, the part of the, our family it was you know, it wasn't even about any particular thing, but the food was you know, it was there. Um you know, and I I, I guess I always there was always that underlying thing that like food was important. Um and you know I when I went to Bentsa, I was living at my aunt's. Uh I loved lived with my aunt and um, you know, and there was always like, oh, this is night. We're going to go and pick up the, the good pizza from that one place on Fulton street that that's been gone for like 20 out years now. But, um, um, uh, but like, you know, there was always, that was always a part of it. It wasn't just like, oh, eat something quick so you can, you know, go off and watch TV or these, right. It was like, food is, food is a part of, uh, of what what we do and why we do it um, so I guess that was always there um when I got out of college you know I was I moved back moved back home I was in bedside um, had my own apartment um you know this was this was back in like 99 2000 when you could actually have your own place' as like a 23 year old um, and you know and I realized, like, I couldn't just eat the same takeout. You know, this is Bedside before gentrification, and so, you know, there was only the the Chinese spot and the chicken spot, right? And so, um, there weren't a lot of there weren't a whole lot of options. And so, um, you know, it was like I, I I went to see my family for Christmas. Um, um, we always get together at another aunt's place in Long Island, and I hit everybody up for recipes and I was like, all right, I don't know how to, I don't know what I'm doing. So someone's got to help me. And so, you know, from there I started, you know, experimenting in the kitchen and it became a thing for me. And, you know, when that tied into photography, I don't even really know. It was just one of those things I, photography became more of a part of my life. And so as I was thinking about it, as I was learning about food, I, you know, I had my camera with me. Um, I would go to classes, I you know, we would sit at like the open kitchen, um, you know, I'd take a couple snaps or whatever and then um you know, and then eventually, you know, as photography became more serious for me, I would ask, you know, I would ask if I could come in the kitchen, like folks I at places I, I got to know and they knew me and we had, you know, it, it wasn't just like a out of nowhere sort of thing and um and you know that just became a part of of what i did um, i mean the food came first to some degree um you know it was it was sort of the thing that motivated me and and so when photography became the thing i was doing it made sense that that would be central to, that food and cooking and that world would be central to what I'm
1: covering. You know, I feel like, I feel like um, our personal interests, you know, always come first and then photography second, right? And I think the reason why is because photography is just our way of documenting how we see the world. So right, exactly. what we're interested in, we're gonna photograph, right? right? And um, yeah. you know, but you know, it's always interesting hearing people tell their, their origin story in like uh, a minute and a half or whatever, right? Because it's like, all right, right, I grew my my grandmother cooked, and I used to eat some of the food, and then I was in college, and then I took these classes, and it's like there's a bunch of you know um, missing links in between. So I wanna kind of dive into some of those missing links, right? So, um. Right. You know, um, so it sounded like you grew up in a home within a family who really valued food, and whether it was watching your grandmother cook or being very, very specific about which kind of pizza you all ordered. Right? right? Yeah. Food was like that thing, like that connecting glue for you, right? Um, yeah, it's always there. So... How long were you, like, in the kitchen, like, before you, before you started helping out or understanding what was happening through food?
0: I mean, you know, when I was, when I was really young, I was just, you know, I was just always there with my grandmother. And so I would, um, you know, she would be cooking. That's what she did. I mean, that's not what she did. That wasn't her job. But like she, you know, that's how she took care of us. And, um, you know, she you know she learned to she took cake decorating classes and then um became the person who was always making the cakes for you know for people uh, for for kids birthdays and you know she would she it was it was awesome this was like early 80s like she would Uh, She got custom cake tins that were, like, Superman and r 2 and, like, you know, my birthday party was always dope because it was the one where, like, everyone came in and, like, oh, my God, it's a Superman cake, or it's a Batman cake, or it's a, you know, whatever. Yeah, and so, like, you know, and so I'd be in there, quote-unquote, helping, and just, you know, like, I'd... You know, I'd get the, the cake batter at the end and whatever, but it was always a thing where that was there. As far as like, you know, the cooking itself, or for me, like, you know, like I said, like it it was something I always sought out. Like when I went to college, like people knew me for the for the places I ordered from because, like, you know, they're always like, you know, you go to, I went to college in a small town in, in Western Mass and, and, um, you know, there was the first thing I wanted to do was figure out, like, well, what what are the good spots to eat? Like, what's what's the good food here? Um There was like a cow zone spot. There was like a place that had like weird toppings on pizza and stuff. And so, you know, it was always and that was always one of those things. Like, you know, one of my closest friends to this day, he and I had this. You know, it wasn't even a tradition. It was just like I had it. You know, we would go to walk quote-unquote all the way across town which was like three blocks um <laughs> um to the the dairy mart which was like the gas station mart whatever that had like a taco bell in the back and like you know it wasn't even that it was good food it wasn't even that it was anything else it was just like it was that time together that ritual of, of walking and like talking about whatever's going on and it would be like two three in the morning um on a Saturday night, we we're just coming from wherever we're coming from, and like you know it was just a time for us to be you know to be friends, right, like to really connect um and yeah, so I mean you know throughout my life, that has always been a thing it's It's always like the food is the thing that when I go travel, like you know i'm you know, I'm looking for the restaurants first right
1: yeah i, uh, I always I'm always so impressed by people who have that gift of knowing where to go and knowing where to get the best food, right? Because that's not me. I'm super lazy when it comes to that stuff. Like, It's like we have all this access at our fingertips. We have Yelp, and we got Seamless and all of this stuff. We got like Time Out New York, whatever, right? But I'll still be sitting in, standing in a circle with a bunch of other friends trying to figure out what to eat, and I'm just like... I I'm I come up clueless. And even when I think I do a good job, yeah. my friends are like, Oh, see, here's some red flags that you should you know, <laughs> that you should have looked for to know like this was not a good spot, right, to order from. I was like, for real, I have no clue, but I appreciate my friends who have that heightened awareness of where to order food from. So, you know, um, God bless you, bro. <laughs> God bless you.
0: <laughs> Yeah. My wife, my wife always, is wife is always a little surprised about it too. Cause she's like, how do you know this is the place to go for this and not that other place yeah. or whatever? And, you know, I mean, some of it is just experience. Some of it is just like a little bit of a, you know, the vibe I get from places. It's like, you know, I'll go to one place so I can get like, you know, snacks or whatever, but I wouldn't go and eat there. Or like, this is a good place to get a cocktail. Um, and chill and enjoy the vibe, but like I'm not looking at the menu. you know what I mean? Because different places are good for different things and you just I don't know. I mean it just it's one of those things where experience certainly um, helps me uh, figure out which is which. Yeah,
1: you know, I got you know, one of my close friends, he's from um Ivory Coast. Right. Uh-huh. And years ago, right, years ago, um uh, mm. my aunt went to this pan African restaurant and she was raving about it. So she was like, I gotta take you. So I went there and I was like, all right, the food is good. And this was before African culture was being celebrated in, in right, right, right. you know what I mean? Because now yeah. it's being celebrated like all over. There's there's West African restaurants, Ethiopian restaurants, Afrobeat is 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 huge, right? So now it's yep. it's cool to, to 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 be African and celebrate the culture. But for a while that you you had to know you had to be in the know. Right. So yeah, I told my friend about this Pan African restaurant. So me and his wife go there, and I'm feeling good, like I just put them on to something new, and uh, and I'm like, yo, so what you think? He was like, as ah, right. I, was like, For real? I was like, this food was good. He was like, yo, he said when I when you told me you found an African spot, I thought we were gonna go to some place, some like hole in the wall. With like a uh the the chairs are wobbly the tables wobbly and the service is like subpar right they suck their teeth <laughs> when you order stuff like but right. the food is banging he said I thought you were gonna take me to a place like that I was like oh I didn't realize it until fast forward I went to a spot that kind of resembled what what his expectations were and I was like I get it now man like yo you need somebody's like grandmother back there putting their foot in the food, man, making sure it tastes good, you know? Um, but I right. didn't know how to find those places, you know? I thought it was the fancy yep. spot that was going to do it, and, and it wasn't.
0: Yeah, those places can be hard to find, for sure. Um, and, you know, different places are good for different things because, like, that spot, you know, can be great for, like, putting your friend on or whatever. But, like, sometimes, you know, you want a place that's gonna going to have the cuisine, but also, like you know, also have like have comfortable chairs, right? Have somebody who go you like like they you actually want you there, right? Like not balance. like the you, you not like balance. the drink, they're like what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no oxygen, <extra>, right? <laughs> like <laughs> Um Yeah, so I mean it's all about what you're looking for. And you know, there's there's always some trial and error with that for sure.
1: Absolutely, right? So um all right. So we know that you you were exposed to food through your grandmother, and you know, um, my mother, you know, had me in the kitchen at a certain age. I, you know, I'm an only child, grew up in a single parent household. So my mother taught me how to cook out of necessity. Like if she was, if I was getting out of school at three, and she was getting out of work at five, and not getting home until six six thirty, that was yes. a good two and a half three hours that I would be home. Um, by myself where I needed to learn how to at least heat up, start heating up food, right? Or then how to make right. like Chef Boyardee or how to, make, how to fry an egg or make pancakes or whatever. So she started me off right. with basics just so I could take care of myself. Fast forward, yeah. you know, I'm the main cook in the house partly because I enjoy it. I, I see the creativity in cooking, yeah. but it came from a place of necessity. And now, you know, I have an eight-year-old son. Whenever he stays with my mom, you know, they part of their thing is cooking. You know, my mom likes to bake, so now they bake bread and they bake biscuits and they bake cookies. And my right. son is being exposed to that. So I love how it goes full circle. You know what I mean? That's, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, like I didn't. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I was, I was of that age when, you know, when you got home, don't open the door for anybody. You're gonna be there for a couple hours by yourself. Uh, but you know, outside of, you know, knowing how to eat a couple things up, like I didn't, I didn't really learn cooking and any of that stuff until I was in my twenties. Like I knew how to make, um, I knew how to make like two or three things, but like it was, it was, uh, it wasn't until I, uh, until I was an adult when I was like, oh yeah, this is what I need to do. Um, and and I was exposed to more and different types of foods. I was always about... Exper- I've always been about, you know, since I've been cooking, about, like, experimenting and learning, you know, new techniques and new types of food and whatever, so...
1: So... So, yeah. so, you know, we know that you were exposed to food first, right? So I... But where did arts fall within your family? Like, how did your family view, you know, art growing up?
0: You know... I guess it was always there, but my, like my aunt, whose house I grew up in and like, you know, from, from when I was nine, um, you know, she quilted, um, and she did like big, beautiful, like art quilts, like wall hanging quilts, that sort of thing. And so there was that in terms of actually like performing art, like creating art. Um, but, but outside of that, like it was a lot of there was appreciation of art. This was like the, you know, this was the '80s um, and early '90s. You know, there was the there was the black art that you you saw on like the Cosby Show and like mm-hmm. you know stuff that like you're from Brooklyn, right? Yep. So you remember the African Street Festival? Yep. Back at boys and boys and girls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like. You know there was stuff like that, and that was always present in the house. but in terms of actually art as um as a craft as a as a thing that people did for you know for jobs or that like it wasn't something I really saw so much, and it's not really something i honestly, it's not something I really thought about until time came for me to do this and, and you know some of that is also because I've always been back and forth on where I think of certainly my photography in terms of art versus something else. Right. So I never thought of myself as like, when I said I'm going you know, like to be, I'm going to do this photography thing full time that like, I, I never really thought of it as like, I'm going to be an artist full time. It was like you know, the work, I'm going to take pictures. I mean, I'm like, I'm gonna, I have clients and they, they hire me to do things and there's an art to it. But like also, um, you know, I've never been in that fine arts world. Right. Um I learned photography in high school. Um you know, in uh you know, we had black and white um darkroom photography um uh, all through my high school from freshman year and you know, so that's when I was first exposed to that and you, it was something I loved four
1: years, You took 4 years of photography.
0: Yeah, all through school. Yeah, all through high school. I went to high um, school. St. Anne's. It's a uh, uh Brooklyn Heights
1: saying it. Okay. Okay.
0: And uh, yeah. And so like, you know, I was exposed to that pretty early. Um You know, photography was the thing that was always about storytelling. You know, in my family, it was a thing that was like, there was always the photo albums. My, you know, I, my, it was my same aunt's camera that I used in those classes, her like Pentax K1000. Um, you know, that she got when she was in college. Um, And she was the one that would take pictures, take the family pictures. She would take the pictures of her friends at at school and all that. And so, um, so I sort of picked that up from there. Um, And I never really knew, I don't really know why, like I let it sort of drop off. I think it was, I was actually having a conversation with somebody recently about this. And I think that like the thing that stopped me from, continuing with photography in college was that there were probably fine arts requirements to it when like i already spent four years shooting right mm-hmm. or you know photographing stuff and so like it felt like why am i going back to that of course in hindsight now i'm like man i wish i had no more i'd had a little bit more of that training you know about about composition, about art history, about
1: I think it. I think schools do such a disservice to, to to students when they don't explain why art history matters. Because I right. was the same way when the few times they try to give me art history classes, I'm like, yo, well, I don't wanna see, I don't care about this. Like give me the graphics. Right. I wanna do the pixels, whatever, right? And now as right. an adult and I'm in this career, I understand like this was all like studies of light and expressions and composition and all of that that can benefit me now but i didn't understand right. why i was taking those classes before and it sounds like you were in a similar boat
0: yeah you know, now i'm like you know i'm i'm going in the met and trying to find out about like dutch masters and rembrandt lighting and all this other stuff and it's like you know that would have been nice to know <laughs> a long <laughs> time ago <to come>. exactly <laughs> you know exactly. but but yeah it's uh it's one of those things um
1: what what made you pick up the camera in ninth grade, you know, your first year in high school?
0: Um, you know, it was just one of those things. I knew that my aunt had taken, you know, taken photos and it was always felt like this, not mysterious thing, but this interesting thing. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't, like, um, it was something I could do anywhere. Something I can like, you know, like, run around and like just always catch whatever I'm seeing at any given time. Um, you know, I don't know where any of those old negatives are or any of the prints. I know I had them in a box somewhere a long time ago, but like, you know, I mean, that's almost 30 years ago now. And, um, and I don't, I don't have the first idea, but like, you know, I remember pictures of my friends. I was on the yearbook staff you know, our yearbook was run by the photo department, so it was basically all photography, all black and white photography throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, with that time in the dark room, you know, it was all just one of those things where it felt right. Um, but, like, I didn't, you know, it was, like I said, it's not one of those things I thought of as, like, a career. Um, you know, and that's not because anyone discouraged me as much as just I didn't. I just it it never connected as like that's something that people do. And
1: you I mean, obviously you weren't able to crystallize that in your own yeah. head, right?
0: Right, exactly. And I mean, you know, I spent a dozen years working in like corporate IT before before going full time, um, um, and you know. It was only after after picking up some regular gigs, after you know having built a beat on like you know in one area for a little while, that and also uh, very importantly, both um, having uh, severance from my job that moved out of state and uh, my wife. Who you know, continued to have a real job for a while, um, why uh, you know, I felt like it was an opportunity that I could I could I could run with for a little while. And then one thing led to another, one gig led to another, and um, I had regular clients, and um, you know, I was I was sort of embedded um, in the food community. Um, I, you know, I was shooting, I know, I know people are trying not to say shooting so much. I I understand it, but it's a, it's great, but I was photographing, um, um, you know, events, but also editorial, but also, you know, portraiture and headshots, um, and, and getting into this community, like I, you know, I rarely shoot weddings, but like the last maybe three weddings I've shot, which is like over, I don't know, five plus years. Um, at least one of the people has been a chef or a food writer or, a, you know, a drinks writer or something. It's all been folks in the community who I have met with. Um, through my work and through the through the the larger industry,
1: yeah. So, you know, what's really interesting is it sounds like um, your family played a major role in you. Be you know being where you are, right? Like your grandmother, yeah. your grandmother in the yeah. kitchen, introducing you to the the love and power of food and how it connects to family, right? And then your aunt, yeah. who I don't know if she was still actively making images but she had this camera she was experienced in photography and yeah. you know you had this you had this tool that a family member used whether they were still using it or not you know I'm right. not sure how how much that affected you but you had you had access to this thing to these two things you you know the the love of food and then this camera to to document so in your mind you know It just brought things together.
0: Yeah, no, I've had you know I've had great opportunities. My family has set me up for success. Certainly, my you know my aunt, my mom, my my grandmother, um, you know they've they've always been there. Um, And you know I'm a I'm a stubborn type, and so uh, you know there was never a no, don't do that. In my life, it was always like, "Okay, if you think that makes sense, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like
1: that's that's how it was for me. I was never I was never told that I couldn't do anything that I wanted to do. So my mother would kind of support me as best as she could with whatever means she had. And, you know, I would go off running, you know. Um, So much, much love to, to the folks who support the young kids dreams. You know what I mean? For sure. You know, Uh, I I see like, you know, you are, okay, we know that photography is not as diverse of a field as it should be, right? And we also know like, you know, um, the food, most industries have issues Mm -hmm. with diversity, right? Can you tell us a little bit about some of the, um, you know, what's diversity like within the food industry?
0: Yeah, so, um, it's funny uh because you know I um I always feel like I'm i um, I always feel more like I am a food guy with a camera. I'm in the food community with a camera more than I'm a photographer who covers food, right? I see. Um I see that. I always feel a little honestly a little disconnected from the larger photography community. I'm trying to work on that I'm trying to to be in more photography spaces and 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 meet more folks, which is part of why i'm I'm excited to be on the show and I appreciate you having me on but like you know the food community you know these people you know they do they do all this largely thankless work out of love and like and passion, and I just connect with them, and you know, we 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 talk, and we you know, we have conversations, we go and we have drinks, like whatever. And the stories I I was hearing over you know for a long time was was about like was about how you know specifically if you're black in the space, you know, you never had. The same opportunities, right? You were overlooked. Your food was going to be, um, you know, you would, your food going to be put in the box, right? You, if you're doing, if you were black, if you were a black chef, you were expected to be doing either soul food, soul food, <laughs> or. Or like maybe maybe you can get away with African food or Caribbean food, but like Caribbean food is considered all Jamaican food, and African food mm-hmm. was a big question mark, and everybody just expected it to be like the the spot you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, with the quality chairs and the whole thing, right? Like which is um, which is dope, but at the same time, like commands a you know all of that commands like a a, a lower price point, lower mm-hmm. respect it's always the sort of thing where it's like, it's expected to be there and, you know, and it's like, it's that little in the no place that somebody told you about, um, or showed up on a TV show and now you go there and whatever. Right. And so, you know, I, I worked for, I, you know, I photographed for the food section for the times. I photographed for the James Beard foundation. Um, actually, It's funny. I don't know when this will go out, out, but this this week makes ten years since my first uh, my first gig photographing in in the kitchen at the Jane Spirit House, Um, and you know I became a regular. Uh, one of the regular team of photographers there back then I was starting out. It was a volunteer thing before they like went specifically with professionals, but like I was going and I was meeting all these people and you know, it was all, it was all worth it for me at the time. But the, you know, I, there was a thing where like we would you know, we would get the list of these are the events that are happening. These are the dinners that are coming up. And I always found myself looking for, like the people of color for the women because like there are just so many white dudes all the time. Right. And so, you know, um, this is, you know, this is, uh, 2013, 14, 15. And like, and there was just so little representation. And so I'm, I'm going this a really roundabout way, but, um, but like, that's all to say that it was always important to me to, to, I mean, on a very basic level, I wanted my, I wanted it to be interesting, right? I wanted to see new faces. I didn't want to just, I didn't want to look at the work I did for a month and have like, you know, a whole, a whole roll full of just white faces, right? And so, you know, um, so I would always... I always try to connect, you know, and whenever I had an opportunity to work with like black chefs or black teams or black team members or whoever, like we, we talk, we, um, you know, we'd sit down afterwards, we'd grab a drink, we get some food, we do whatever, or we just have a couple of minutes off. And, you know, that all, like I kept hearing the same story, um, you know, black food writers, black you know chefs black photographers like working in food like whenever they wanted to tell a story to make a type of food it had to fit in the box of the narrative that is good by you know a white reader or a white diner from ohio who doesn't know the difference between you know between roti and jerk chicken. Right. And so, you know, it doesn't stand that these are coming from different places and that there are different cultures behind it. And they have different backgrounds and all of that stuff. And so, um, you know, I would be talking to a writer and they'd be, um, they tell me about how they want, they pitch a story about like the, the traditional food like that was made in the community in like Maryland where they grew up and in the black community and they'd be, you know, and the editor would tell them like, okay, so this is the soul food story. So you have to include these other things and this and that and explain what that makes this, if this is different, explain why this is different from other stuff. And then at the bottom, like, you know, with five paragraphs, three paragraphs left, then you could talk about something specific about this thing. But like, if you have to spend the majority of it explaining all this stuff, you know, you don't get to get to your point. Mm. Uh, And so a friend of mine and I, uh, Colleen Vincent, who's a, um, um, vice president at the beard foundation. Um, we decided to form this group called Black Food Folks um, as a as a fellowship, as a space where you know professionals within the community within the food industry um, could get together, could meet each other, could build community, could support each other, um, and you know this was a February of 2019, um, you know, if you if you work in food, you're used to being like one of maybe two or three black people in a room full of like two, three hundred people. Um, you know, we put the word out w- the week before and, you know, <laughs> Colleen's family is from Grenada. Mine is, mine is so this is real, this is real West Indian right now. But, um, you know, we ended up uh, hosting a very informal gathering at her dad's tax office, which doubles as an event space because of course it does in flatbush <laughs> uh, and we ended up filling it with over a hundred people um because everybody knew that this was important because they knew yeah. this was a time that people like we needed that time to get together that space um and, yeah, so, you know, we, we formed Black Food Folks uh, four years ago now, and, um, you know, we got to do some great things with it. It is it is still technically active. We, uh, we keep going back and forth on what we want to do next with it and trying to figure out how to make things happen while we both have, you know, other jobs. Um, but, like, our big moment, our biggest moment was... Um, you know, during, um, during the lockdown, um, we ended up hosting, uh, I think overall we ended up hosting something like a hundred live conversations between people in the industry, um, to talk about everything, talk about food, talk about the industry, talk about, talk about history, talk about our personal stories, um, and, you know, this being 2020, um, we're able to get some funding um, because everyone's just giving money away to black folks for like five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's great. Um,
1: Time expired. <laughs>
0: and so like, we, you know, we ended up um, creating a program where we, um, where we, we call it Black Food Folks Give Back. Um, and we've done it, we've done a three year we did it three years in a row. I don't know if it'll happen again this year. Um, you know, it depends on sponsorship and all of that stuff. But, um, you know, we've given a total of $180,000, I want to say, um,
1: to total, I'm saying uh, repeat that number, uh,
0: 180,000, I believe. Wow. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, it just started It's like a sponsor came to us and was like, Hey, we want to give you money to help build what you want to do with this thing. And we we're like, okay, yeah. we don't really know what we're doing with this thing, but we're going to take $50,000. We're going to give it to 10 different organizations in the community that we think are doing work that needs to get done. That's, that's uh, amazing. And the following year they gave us some more. And so we did it again for IRML. And then last year, um, um, we did it all over again, but with uh, fewer, fewer, um, grantees, I guess, but, uh, but for more money. And so we, uh, our big sort of lead for all of that was, uh, Mike Mille Broussard, who, um, has a pie company called justice of the pies in the South side of Chicago, and um, um we uh, we give her fifty thousand um, dollars. It's exciting because I just got an email inviting us to the uh, the opening of her shop uh, next month. I don't know if I'll be able to make it to Chicago for that, but um, but you know, it feels really good to be able to to provide real support.
1: You know, yeah, like the the um, initiative that you created played a role in, in, you know, these folks being able to level up in their in their journey in some way.
0: Yeah, no, I mean she told you know, she was telling us about how like, you know, she had been at a point where she wasn't sure, you know, if she'd have to scale back the plan that she had out or whatever. And, you know, it all happened it all happened at the right time. So I mean you know,
1: I mean It's always, always, things happen when they're supposed to. What's up, family? If you're enjoying this episode, do us a solid by leaving us a five-star rating or reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. We appreciate the support. So on that note, we're going to get back into the show. Peace. And it's really great that you created this space because I know you say you're you're of um, a, a food guy with a camera, right? right. But um, you know you still are somewhat have like a foot in this photo world. Um, and what you're describing that a lot of chefs of color experience, you know, sort of being pigeonholed and boxed in to a certain mm-hmm. type of cuisine. You know, um, many photographers experienced that on some level as well. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, um, photo, you know, pitching stories, it's like, oh, this story's not black enough. Or, they only consider us for stories that are quote-unquote black, right? And, right. Um, it's kind of messed up because, you know, we are photographers. Right. And we can tell stories in different aspects, right? And it doesn't have to sure. be about just limited to our experiences right. being black, you know what I mean?
0: No, exactly. I want to be able to tell all the stories. I mean, That's I want right. to tell the black dude. Uh, you know, That's I want right. to tell the black. Too, but like, you know, I'm talking to the chef. I don't know if it will happen. We're still working it out. Like, he wants to, he wants to go to Hong uh, to Taiwan next year, and you know, I want to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll have to see if it works whatever happens. But like, I don't want to just be like, Oh, well I can only go to go to the things that involve our folks, you know? Yeah. Um, it's because so much of what we do is about, about the way we connect with folks. And so, you know, if I have a relationship with somebody and I don't want it to be limited to like, Oh, well, they're not in the same box. Right. um,
1: and, and you know. that that's there's missed opportunities to be able to connect with people on a human level and, and understand like right. the history of one cuisine can connect to the history of another cuisine, right? Or there's overlaps, there's similarities, right? I think we need to get to a point where we 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 focus more on what makes us similar as opposed to what makes us different and divides us. You know what I mean? I yeah, know, for sure. <laughs> you know, I know like you focus on, um, you know, you focus on the people, places, and and the food that defines culture, and you know, in that there's a lot of history, right? Like, um, I think it was today, earlier today, my son, was, my son is eight years old, he was asking me why he needs to study history in school. Oh and, yeah. you know, um, but through food, there's a lot of history, right? So, like, what have you learned about the history and origins of some of the food? that you photograph just based on your experiences?
0: I mean, you know, for me, history is all context, right? And so you can learn all sorts of things that are not necessarily big historical dates and whatever, but just understanding it's a, to me, it's about understanding where people are coming from. Right. You know, my family's Jamaican. Um, and, you know, I've, certainly eaten my share of jerk chicken, but, um, you know, I was at a, an event two summers back, um, a, a chef, uh, Kwame Wachee, he now has a restaurant called Tatiana in Lincoln center. Um, I photographed his book, um, that came out last year called my America. Mm-hmm. He hosts this big gathering called the family reunion. Um, Uh, In in Virginia, he he brought in among, I don't know, 50 plus chefs that he brought in to be a part of this. Um, He brought in a chef named Andre Fowles, who I've worked with before, who is uh, based in Jamaica. He splits his time, but he he does a lot of stuff in Jamaica. And, you know, he he was there um, talking about jerk and demonstrating it and talking and like, you know, he dug a pit. Um, you know uh, being from Brooklyn, I always think jerk comes from a, a, a an Still oil a drum pen. yeah, it comes from that pen right like it comes from the drum right you, you, that's how you always see it but but was telling the story about the maroons and how mm. you know how the technique in part happened because they ha- they buried it it wasn't um, you know I, I you go to the jerk spot, the proper jerk spot, and they've got like smoke billowing everywhere, but um. But, like, for them, you know, they were hiding in the mountains and they needed the redcoats not to find them. So they couldn't have smoke. They had to bury it and have it cooked underground um, so that they could make the food and not give away their location, right? Mm. Uh, And be sent back into, into servitude. And so, you know, things like that, it's like, you could read about that in a book, but like being there and seeing it and smelling it and, and understanding it, like making that connection between, you know, this food, like I've eaten all my life almost. And, and this piece of, of my own history, um, you know, that's, that's important. Um, and it just makes everything so much more real. um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's the
1: first thing that comes to mind. Well, I tell you, man, I just transported back. I just transported to the islands and, and into yeah. the, like, to the jungle and, you know, into the deep oh. woods. And was imagining, yeah. like, how this would be prepared, you know. Um, I'm sure you've seen High on the Hog um, but yeah. on, on Netflix. And mm-hmm. I see some of the people you photographed were actually um, in that series. <clears throat> yep. Um, but it it reminds me of <coughs> sorry, excuse me. The yeah. um the episode where they had the um I forgot what it was called but they were cooking the what's it the the pig or the
0: yeah. the uh, goat? Oh wait. I know about the pig, uh, the pig scene. I, I actually photographed a similar thing with some of the same people mm-hmm. um last but um but yeah, I mean it's a you have these you have these stories that tie us together, especially when you talk about the uh, the diaspora, the black diaspora, right? You talk about like you know, you talk about ingredients,
1: techniques, mm-hmm. you know. And we're all you just added another element of like safety. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. some of these right. recipes, while you know and this goes back to the reason why history is so important, is like mm-hmm the origin of some of these recipes may like have come from the the need to survive right and so right. we may not understand now why certain food is cooked underground but if we understand the history of like oh if if they saw the smoke in the air like we were going to get caught so now this technique of cooking actually gives the food a, a specific flavor right, right. that's that's yeah. really that's really interesting man and You know, the the, you know, the name of this podcast is the Black Shutter, right? And it's mostly focused on photography, but you know, I always say the Black Shutter is just how black folks experience the world and when we blink our eyes the shutter, right? And your experience, not only as a photographer, but also, you know, as a chef or somebody who's just, you know, in this world of, of food you know, you're experiencing the world through the black shutter as well. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you bring your experiences and you learn certain things from it just by you being a black man. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's no, true. It's true. So how do you, and I think understanding like that historical context that you were just explaining, you know, makes sense why you wouldn't just consider yourself a, a food photographer just focused on the plate. Like you focus on the story behind it, the documentarian aspect, you know, and the lifestyle people. aspect, the people, right? That's yeah. yeah. So that's, that's 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 amazing, man. How do you decide when to turn on when to photograph like like how do you do how do you approach, you know, your work?
0: Um I mean in what way?
1: So, you know, how do you decide if something, if you need to photograph the person, if you need to photograph the food, to photograph the history behind it? Um, you know, because looking, looking at your work, you, you have a, a strong command of all of those things, right? You have strong portraits of, of chefs, but you also have like beautiful photos of, of food. You know, um, I guess, you know, how do you develop a style, your style as the kind of photographer you are working in the food industry?
0: Yeah, it, you know, like I I wasn't sure how to define my style. I mean I don't know if I can define it even but for me it's about what my priorities are and my priorities are always with like with the the who, right? Even when I'm like photographing a dish, like I guess it's because I I've worked with enough chefs. I've worked enough in food. I know, you know, I'm no chef myself. I like to cook, you know, but, um, but I've never worked the line or anything, but I'm looking at it, understanding what it is, right? I'm looking at that food, understanding what went into it. And that, like, this is not an object, right? This is not just, you know, somebody put some candlesticks on the table. Get it in some good light, right? This is, you know, it's not a still. I don't think of food as a still life. Mm. Uh, I think of food as as a part of the story, as a, as a collection of ingredients and techniques, and you know, and work. You know, um, I understand what the, or I hope to understand, you know, why. Like, I did a, I did a photo shoot last week for, I don't know, if, do you know Fuku? Is David Chang's, like...
1: Yeah, Momofast Fuku? Food.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, he has a fast food chain called Fuku mm-hmm. that is, like, an offshoot of that that is all, like, like fried chicken sandwiches and yeah. all this stuff. And, um, and, you know, I'm looking at it and you know, I had to shoot last, uh, this, this soda shoot last week where, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not just getting, Hey, here's a pretty sandwich. It's, I want to get the texture, right. Of the crunch. I want to get the sauce dripping down. I want to get all that stuff. Not because like, Oh, these are particular things that you're supposed to get. And they're on the shot list or they're on the guy, the, the look book or the, the mood board or whatever, right? But because I understand what those things are and how they taste and what makes them appealing, right? Like, I... To me, the job of photographing food is to give you as close an idea of, like, the experience of trying it.
1: Um, You want us to taste the food with our eyes.
0: Yeah, right. And so, like, if I, you know... I know that, like, I know the aspects of it that the chef is trying to put forward. I know that, like, they put a lot of work into getting the crust just so, um, getting the skin like this, getting the, you know, this sauce for this part of the experience of it. And so that's why I, I, you know, that's what I focus on. I focus on those things. Similarly, like, you know, I photograph people that I don't know all the time, but, um, you know, but I, I want to connect with them in some way and having a connection to the industry, to the community around it, um, understanding more than just like, you know, I, I, I told you I went to, I was an MPW last year and, you know, I picked as my story, uh this couple uh dan and morgan who you know they're in their 30s and um they bought the year before they bought uh the the town diner like this old like small diner space that's been around for close to a century and i went in like Like one of the other photographers told me, oh, yeah, if you want to look, you want to find people, go to that place because that's where everybody goes. And it's funny because, like, I went in and there are a bunch of photographers there chatting up everybody in the room except for the people who work there. Nice. Uh, And, you know, so, of course, like, these are my people, right? And so, like, I started talking to them. I'm like, how are these young people the people who own this like diner that outside says since 1927. Right. Um, and so like, you know, when I'm talking to them and, and, you know, asking them to, to, to let me come in at four 45 in the morning before they open. So I can get them, you know, uh, starting up the business for the day and doing all that stuff. Like they don't know me from anybody else, but like, you know, I start talking to them about the industry, and they understand that, like, oh, he's not a stranger to this, right? Like, yeah, he knows what's up, right? Like, I can talk to them about about food costs and supply chain. I mean, not as somebody who actually is ordering that stuff, but I know that's the conversation that people are having in the community, right? I know that, like, you know, to go containers are, you know, for for like a good year or two were like skyrocketing in price or like uh so
1: uh,
0: in demand that like you have to buy different ones every time because you know what does that mean to your bottom line and like all this other stuff right and so like i was able to connect with them even though i just met met them because the same way i i know the food i at least know the world that they exist in right Um, and that's why it's important to me as somebody who's documenting this community to be able to understand be able to know folks, you know and know who's doing what and why um, understand, like, motivations and techniques uh, and backgrounds, you know not just the classical ways but, like the ways that people might be trying to do to get away from the classical ways or the way that people might like, um, you know, want to try to build new ways that aren't Eurocentric and right. Like, um, you know, it it is all a part of, I think how I'm able to, I hope successfully, you know, build relationships, um, with, um, with the, the people I work with
1: man that's 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 amazing man I think it's um it's important to go into whatever you do with that understanding because it helps you to connect with the people right like I'm a big fan of uh food Doc series, you know um street food on Netflix um oh, okay. you know High on a hog, you know I watch a bunch of you know tacos um, and right. you know i I would say you know the precursor to all of these was um Anthony Bourdain, right? Like I, he was a huge influence for me. And I'm not a chef. I'm not in the, the food world. But watching yeah. that show, No Reservations, like I'm watching this dude who's to seem like a cool dude. Like I, I wanted to hang out with him, right? He just seemed like yeah. that cool. Like he's traveling Everybody, the world. Yeah. Right. Everybody wants to hang out with him. He's traveling the world. He's eating some of the best food, whether it's at like a five star Michelin spot or like some some food truck on a corner of, like, El Salvador or something, right? Like, And yeah. he's just having the best food, meeting amazing people, and it looks like, you know, you are getting to enjoy a similar type of lifestyle. Like, you're traveling, you're meeting people. Um, I hope that you're eating well during all your travels, photographing so many people and so, such amazing food. I hope that you're eating well, right? Um uh, I, yeah. Sometimes. So, okay, okay. It's you know, like based on all those experiences that you you've had up to now, like in the in your ten years doing this, like, why do you think food is such a connector, a strong connector of people? I
0: mean, you know, we need it to survive, right? You can't, you got
1: to eat, right? Yeah. It's, it's, there's a difference, right? Some people eat to live, right? and some people right. live to eat. And
0: yeah, and I mean, I, I get that. I get that, but one way or the other, like it is central to survival, right? Yes. And and it is and it has always been. And so it's it's one of those things even if you're not somebody who spends a lot of time thinking about food, like you still have traditions tied to food, even if you don't think about it, even if it's not something you're aware of or you know, I mean, you have a lunch break, right? And you can have a lunch break and spend five minutes sucking down like, you know, soiling or some something, and then going off and doing something else. But you have that break because it's built around the idea of food and about the culture of food, right? Like you have that time specifically um, because of the way our culture values or doesn't value time, workers, food, whatever. But, like, that is a part of our lives, right? Like, whether or not you go to restaurants, you dine out, whatever, what you're eating is all tied into a larger culture of it. Like, who's creating it, how it's being done. You know, if you're like one of these silent people, I don't even know if that stuff's all around. It always struck me as super gross that anyone would want to eat a product that's named after a movie that's about uh, eating people. But, like, you know, but, like...
1: Wait, what was the name? What, what did you just say?
0: You ever uh, hear the movie Soylent Green? What is it called? There's a movie called Soiling Green. Soiling Green. Uh, no. It's, uh, it's like a, it's a long story. If you haven't seen it, you should... Look into it. I I won't say watch it because I don't think I've ever seen it, but the whole, uh, but like, it'll give you, give you an idea, but the whole idea of the product called Soylent is that, um, is like, it's basically like food paste. Like you eat it real quick and then you can go about your business because you don't care about food. Right. Okay. But like even that is making a choice like that is a lifestyle and you're choosing to live a lifestyle where those things don't matter even opting out of it means that like you're making a decision about about culture right and so like yeah i mean i think that i think that food because it is so necessary to our lives i mean you know it, it is an important part of everything we've built ever, like, because we, we need it. Um, and if you want to be a part of it, you don't want to be a part of it. It's still, it's still there. Um, and I mean, it's, it, because of that, it's fundamental to everything that's brought people together. Um, because, you know, um, that's how, that's how we, that's how we survive. That's how we've always survived.
1: So, that makes sense, and depending on whether you are, are a foodie, somebody who goes to cities and knows exactly where to go to get the best food, um, right, right. or you, you, you're a part of that soylent green tribe, or you're uh, a vegan, right. or, you're, or whatever, right? Everybody finds their their tribe in their community, right? Exactly. I, interest, I, will right? Say, I will say there are vegans
0: out there who love their food. I'm not. I'm not one of those people that says like. You know, oh, if you're vegan, I'm you do to love food, right? Like, I know, I know, plant-based people who who love what they're doing and they make the decision because they make because of their values or their health or whatever. But like, that's not me. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, all of that is is choosing, it's choosing, um, a lifestyle, and that is none of that is ever solo, right? all that depends on other people in one way or the other.
1: Indeed, indeed. So, when did you get your first break photographing food? Or, is, uh, photographing something in the food industry?
0: Um, you know, I've been doing this, uh, it's, it has been longer than 10 years. Um, I first started doing it as a hobby Um just out on out photographing. I, you know, I worked in, I worked in it. Um, and so I got to, I got to evaluate the equipment, uh, which meant, um, um, evaluating like the early digital point and shoots, uh, back around 2000, 2001, 2002. And so part of my evaluation meant that I just sort of carried it around with me all the time. um, And so I just always had a camera with me, like, before camera phones, um, you know, after I I stopped shooting film, um, you know, black and white, like, I just had a camera with me for most of my, most of my 20s. And that was at a time when, like, Brooklyn, the brand was being born, right? Like, the whole farm-to-table movement was happening, the whole, um, you know, Williamsburg was becoming what it is now, God only knows. Um <laughs> you know, pre gentrification bets die, right? And, you know, I was out and I was going to restaurants and I was going to food classes and um you know, I was going to all these places and I was having camera with me. Um and, you know, I would post that stuff online on Flickr. You remember Flickr? Flickr wow yeah um, way back um, and you know this was in the early days of blogs and so there were various blogs that you know certainly weren't paying right off the bat but um, or if they were it was just you know a couple bucks here and there but I was posting this stuff anyway and so they'd see um, they'd see it See what I, I I was posting, see where I was going, see what events I was going to, and they were like, "Oh hey, you know, mind if we use these photos?" Or if, "Are you going to this thing? Because we'd love to pay you for like to take some pictures of it for us." And like, it was all like you know things here and there that would come up, and then, um, you know, there was a there were a couple different blogs that brought me in. Um, to do things for, but like my first big one um, where I was working regularly and like on a, on a, a cover covering a specific beat was um, Midtown Lunch, the one I mentioned earlier. Um, I started that in early, early 2009. So ugh, God, I don't think about how long that was. 15. Um, and you know, uh, sort of went from there. Um, um, you know, it became just a regular thing, and I, you know, I was going to the, going to the different curry carts and talking about who's doing what and who's got the best biryani or, or you know, who's got a different technique for doing the chicken and lamb over rice and. Um, oh, that's a fun one. Know. That's a fun yeah. One. Yeah. And so, you know, I worked down by the Empire State Building, so I was right by Koreatown. So, you know, there was always some new place opening up over there. Um and so, you know, that's that was my early my early life in all of this. Um you know, it was a while ago. A lot has changed since then, but like you know, it was uh it was a it was an interesting time. It was it was it's
1: pretty good. So, how long did it take for you to really believe in your in your mind that you can, you know, um, do this? I know you said um, you had severance from from your IT job relocating. Yeah. So that kind of right. like just almost like remove that option, right? Remove that security net that you had, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, that helped me. That helped me to start. Um, I did some freelance stuff, uh, still in IT for a little bit longer than that, but like, you know, I was getting, um, you know, I was getting semi-steady work or fairly steady work, Um, you know, that first year, I remember, you know, I remember freaking out because I don't know what it's like for everybody else, um, uh, but you know, in the food world in particular, like everything sort of dies right around Christmas and doesn't pick up again for months. And so my first January, I, I was like, is this, did I make a giant mistake? Is this work? Yeah. Um, and it took me a couple of years to realize, or at least a year or two to realize that like, that's just the, that's just the cycle.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh you know and you know i spend a lot of time on the couch binge watching tv shows and trying not to think about the fact that i may have thrown away my future um um and just having a little bit of faith that like i could write it out um and eventually you know i mean everything's up in the air these days a little bit i've, I've had i've had like busy times that used to be slow times, slow times that used to be busy times. Mm-hmm. Like post uh, post COVID, whatever that means, um, is uh, it's a it's an, an adventure. Um, you know, I've been on the road, I've been bouncing around, I've got stuff going on, um, but like you know, it's all just sort of you're you're trying to you have to keep on. Keep on pitching. Keep on working on projects. Keep on coming up with new stuff, um, and uh, just have a little faith. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. I mean, faith is—it's uh, probably the the main thread of all of this. Yeah. For sure. You know, I mean, if you if you think about it, people are paying us money to press the shutter button for you know a very very short moment in time right in some cases they pay a whole lot of money for that split second right. of time right it's all based right. on how we choose to see it and, and what we choose to take away from that moment right so that's all based on faith <laughs> that you know yeah so right. um they have to know
0: that we know what we're doing they have to uh, believe that we see something that maybe they don't yes uh, you know um, and you know you build it's not entirely fake because you build your you build your portfolio you build the work you build your reputation um, and it's not just you're someone off the street it's somebody who has worked with you know these outlets these clients these whatever it's you know this whole Instagram feed it's that website full of um full of images it's seeing those seeing that work in different places and understanding that like you're gonna get um you're gonna get expertise
1: yeah uh, seeing experiment how you how you interact with the people and how you photograph right. people and and being able to through photography see that you're able to get people comfortable enough in front of your camera you know right. um, yep. there's a lot of trust there
0: there is there is yeah
1: there so, is. you know so being that you focus a lot on, on on food but you're also a photographer where do you find where do you go for inspiration like how do you study what do you study what do you look for to give your inspiration to like make the kinds of images that you make
0: Um, I mean, I go back and forth, um, on say Instagram. I mean, you know, when Instagram became a job, it's just, it, it lost a lot of the fun, but you know, you gotta put your, you gotta put your work there. You gotta represent, you have to stay relevant, all that stuff. But like, you know, I follow, I follow a lot of people. I follow, um, you know, first and foremost, I follow chefs and people in the industry Uh that I cover. I want to know what they're doing. I want to understand the work that they're putting in. I want to know what their latest projects are. I want to know, you know, what are the things that I maybe should be looking into the pitch or whatever. Um, but but also I follow a, a whole lot of photographers, um, I've been following I, I only in the last couple months discovered uh, uh, Andy of Flack Photo Yeah, uh, and so I've been following him and he's been highlighting people's work I'm on his newsletter and so I'm reading about that um, I try to hit the galleries in Chelsea when I have time to see You know, what sort of work people are doing. I mean, even, even stuff that has nothing to do with what I do, right? Um, is important to me. I've, I've always been historically a natural light photographer. And in the last two years, I've started using lights more. And so, you know, I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at a lot more commercial work, a lot more portraiture work um you know all sorts of stuff to understand how light works and try to tweak what i'm doing um because you know i want to introduce that into my into what i'm doing but without changing up my whole style um and um you know and i i subscribe to a lot of magazines so there's always a stack somewhere in my house or several places in my house of, of various titles um, some you know obviously food related um, and you know clients or potential clients but also you know i'm I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at other titles so I can just see what people are doing um, you know my uh, my wife is in textiles, and so she's got a subscription to Vogue, and I'll flip through that every month and see what, you know, what fashion photography looks like right now, right? Um, You know, I I just, you know, I try to not limit myself to looking at you know, just the people doing the same thing I do.
1: Yeah, because then your work starts to mimic it or just stagnate.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I see a lot of different kinds of, of, of work people are doing. Um, personally, I've been playing with film a lot more, um, for, mostly for my own edification. Like I, you know, I, I learned on film, and then I, I stopped using it entirely, and then like I picked it up as like a as a hobby, and lately I've actually been easing it into my work. I actually had a uh, had a client a couple of days ago um who uh actually has liked the the film stuff that I posted on my Instagram and so like has requested that I I do film shots as well. So I end up, you know, on this shoot at a restaurant, like doing teen portraits. So I end up shooting like six rolls. Um oh, wow. in addition in addition to the um uh, the digital shots I got. So I was shooting everything twice. Um, and, um, you know, it's a vibe, man. It looks really, you know, I love the way it's coming out. I I mixed it up with a mostly portrait, but some Kodak gold, which I'm kind of falling in love with. Um, and, you know, um, the photo stuff has been interesting. Uh, I mean, the film stuff has been interesting. We, uh, you know, we were. We, My wife and I took a vacation, um, like our first vacation in years, um, around the holidays, and we spent three weeks in, in Lisbon, in Portugal. Oh, and, nice. Yeah. Um, and I only shot film the whole time. Found a film lab, actually a really good film lab, one I wish we had in New York, um, called Carmen Sita. Uh, and... They did amazing scans. Um, and so, you know, it, um, I was going and, and we met folks and I was doing portraits there and I shot a little bit of food, but, like, I was meeting people and, like, just sort of capturing the vibe of the city and the people and the places. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm rambling a little now. I don't think that has anything to do with my inspirations, but, that, but like,
1: that's what... But the film part, that, you know, that, that does... Lead to you know um inspiration, you know, it yeah. helps you to it's see the, things a little bit differently. You have to slow down when you use right. film, yeah, you know,
0: so it's the thing that's inspired for sure, it's the thing that's like keeping me like you know I realized I don't know, this was years ago now, but um, I don't know, maybe it was twenty seventeen eighteen, something like that. I realized that like um, I realized that I had stopped photographing recreationally um and you know because it was it was all work and i mean i was getting a decent amount of work but like if i had time off like i was going out doing my thing but i you know like i had gotten into the habit of only carrying my gear when i was going to a gig um and film you know what i you know one of the things about shooting digital is that you know I always shoot a little too much, and then I actually have to do post <laughs> and you know if i'm if i've got if I'm backlogged on deliveries of my images, the last thing I want is to spend however long you know doing toning and all that stuff for a bunch of images that I'm not actually planning on doing anything for that's like hobby shooting or anything like that. And so um, you know, film ended up filling a filling a sort of more practical hole because it gave me license to you know, to shoot and then maybe not touch it for months, right? But like get it scanned and you know, developed and scanned and then like I could go through it whenever I felt like and you know, it's not raw. I'm not like it came out, it came out. If it didn't oh well. Yeah. Um and so yeah, I mean that's been a thing that's inspired me a lot. And like, you know, I've now got my whole CRISPR's full of too much film um my fridge has i don't know how many balls right now um but yeah so i mean that's that's the stuff that keeps me going um and like when i you know when i'm away on trips so like this trip to kentucky i took um you know it means that i i just carry a separate camera for my my project shooting uh, you know, that's all just film. And so, you know, I've been working on a lot more uh, portraiture and I've been shooting almost all of it um, on film um, as a way to keep that sort of separate. Like I don't have to, I don't have to worry about accidentally delivering, you know, other photos to my client. And, you know, if they want something like that and they can hire me to shoot that specifically, um, or put it on the shot list and make it a, a an add on, um, but um, but yeah. So I mean, that's 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 my big inspiration these days, and I, I, I'm finding a ton of people um, uh, posting film uh, film work these days.
1: Yeah. I, I, the cool thing I, about it is, like, you know, you can still use it in your on your portfolio. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's is wasted, especially if you are taking, right. you're taking you still focusing on food and anything food related. Whatever you yeah. make with your on with your personal camera, you can still include I see it. I see the um film stuff yeah. on your portfolio. So it's not like it's yeah. it's wasted, you know. Right. So, you know, we spoke a lot about we spoke a lot about um history and, and sort of understanding um, the historical context to some food and and how, like, you know, food allows you to connect with people um, and yep. understand who they are and, and what makes them go and just find, like, more human connections, right? Um, so, you know, what, based on that, like, what are your thoughts on legacy and how do you want to be remembered? How do you want your photography to be remembered?
0: You know, um, I don't know. It's funny because, you know, I don't, I'm not done, yet right <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't feel like I, I feel like I've just started. I feel like I've still got a lot more that I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I hope that by the time I'm done, I'm able to, you know, be the person who has represented folks who weren't otherwise represented i want to be able to tell the story of this community i want to um i want to be able to show you know the work and joy and love um that goes into the community into the food into like into making all of this happen, right? Like we're at this crazy point where, you know, five years ago, you wouldn't have as many black chef cookbooks out right now, right? As you do now. Um, You know, and some of that is, you know, folks giving away money in 2020, but like, (laughs) and then forgetting we're here, but like, even with that, those are examples of people. Those are examples for more people down the line, right? The more stories go out, even if it's for a shorter period of time, um, you know, encourages more people to be a part of it. And in the end, you know, what I want, what I do, what we do with Black Food Folks, what, you know, what the Black Shattered podcast is about, you know, what I want all of us doing is building our own stuff that's not waiting for a gatekeeper to say, this is cool right now, we should talk about it. Um, or, you know, oh, we should wait till Juneteenth. Or we should wait till February, right? Like, we can do this whenever we want. And, you know, in my, in my grandest schemes, you know, the idea of... Building places where, you know, where I and others like us can tell those stories um, is a is a long term goal. Um, I don't know what goes into that. I don't know how to do it. Um, I know some people who are working on that similar projects, um, and you know, uh, hopefully. Hopefully something comes together out of all then. But, you know, more down to earth, I just want to I just want to make sure that whatever I end up doing, people can look at it and say, like, this captured a mo- moment in time when the future was being built. This is Clay Williams, and you're tuned in to the Black Shutter podcast.
1: I want to give a big shout out to everyone who tuned into this episode. Thank you for listening. The Black Shutter Podcast is hosted by me, Idris Talib Solomon. To subscribe to the Black Shutter Podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. When you get there, show us some love by dropping a five-star rating or leaving a review. This will help with our rankings, which essentially helps more Black photographers get exposure. Make sure to check us out online at BlackShutterPodcast.com to read the show notes, learn more about our guests, and check out some of their work. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Peace. Until next time.